Good morning, family. Man, what a, a great and awesome reminder. You think about our Savior, our King. And um, even though singing those words, they uh, can often feel a little uncomfortable because I don't know that we uh, prefer in our flesh to bow down. But when we look at our, our Savior and our King and, and what he's done, uh, what he continues to do, how much he loves us, it's an honor. It's an honor to be able to serve him and to be able to lay aside all of uh, the things that, that I want to do and make sure the forefront is what, what God wants for us. So uh, that is a fantastic reminder for us here today. First and foremost, uh, welcome to First Baptist Bolingbrook. I am Pastor Vaughn, the lead teaching pastor here. Um, thanks again for worshiping with us virtually through through Facebook and YouTube. And uh, man, we just yearn to be together again to worship with each other, to come together and share the Lord's Supper. And to um, not sure we're going to be able to shake hands and hug when we get back together, but we just look forward to to that, that fellowship that, that we have. And this is a hot button topic. Um, we've got a lot of uh, mixed opinions. We've got a lot of, of mixed recommendations. Uh, the, the local and, and federal government can't seem to come together in agreement. And depending on what side of the aisle you sit on, those there's certainly no agreements there. But um, as much as we want to get together, the, the stance uh, that I have and the stance for our church is my first responsibility is for you and your safety. And uh, so we're going to do what it is that, that we need to do here under the Lord's guidance to help us to understand uh, when and how we should get back together um, and what uh, needs to take place when we do inevitably get to worship together again. And so those plans are already being worked on. I want it as much as you do. And just to have everybody here, I just miss the smiling faces and the conversations and, and things of that nature. Um, but uh, none of this stops our, our worship. None of this takes God from the throne. Uh, we still serve a great and, and powerful God. And in these things, we, we must trust him and trust who he is, trust him for his guidance, trust him for his provision. And that leads us into the text that we have here this morning. As we continue our study of the book of Mark, we'll be in chapter 6, starting in verse 30 this morning. Because I think, and if I look at my own life, you know, I, I tend to uh, put myself, and I think about what I'm able to do in my own strength. Even as uh, I, I felt the calling to become pastor, the thing that held me back, even as, as people were speaking into my life and, and had uh, walked with me all the way through and, and helped to uh, help me to, to learn and get, feel comfortable as a preacher and as a, as a teacher and, and help me to learn what it looks like to care for people. Even still, I had this roadblock where I, I don't know if I can do that. 
with another job that I work many hours on, how do I find time in the day? Because I was thinking about what I am humanly possible, what was humanly possible for me without asking God what it is that he wanted. And so as, as I mentioned, just being a servant of the Lord and uh, what I thought would be an insurmountable challenge for me through the power of the Holy Spirit, through the power of Christ, I still don't understand and know how I'm able to find time to do what it is that he's called me to do in both of my jobs and both of my vocations. But I don't ask questions, I just do. And so here in our text, we, we, we get this familiar story about uh, how Jesus fed 5,000, what seems to be something that is insurmountable. We've got all these people here that are hungry, that are, are tired. What are we supposed to do? And we'll get there. I love Jesus' response here. But look with me. Let's, let's read this text. And the Gospel of Mark will be in chapter 6, starting in verse 30. And here God's word reads, The apostles returned to Jesus and told him all that they had done and taught. And he said to them, Come away by yourselves to a desolate place and, and rest a while. For many were coming and going, and they had no leisure even to eat. And they went away, the boat to the desolate place, by themselves. Now many saw them going and recognized them, and they ran there on foot from all towns and got there ahead of them. When he went ashore, he saw a great crowd, and he said he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. And he began to teach them many things. And when it grew late, his disciples came to him and said, This is a desolate place, and the hour is now late. Send them away to go into the surrounding countryside and villages and buy themselves something to eat. And he answered them, You give them something to eat. And he said to them, Shall we go and buy 200 denarii? worth of bread and give it to them to eat and he said to them how many loaves do you have go and see and when they had found they had five and two fish then he commanded them to sit down in groups on the green grass so they sat down in groups by hundreds and by fifties and taking the five loaves and the two fish he looked up to heaven and said a blessing and broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples to set before the people and he had divided the two fish among them all. And they all ate, and they were satisfied. And they took up the twelve baskets full of broken pieces and the fish. And those who ate the loaves were five thousand men. Would you join me in prayer at this time? Heavenly Father, we, we firstly want to come to you with thanksgiving in our heart. Thank you for who you are. Thank you for loving us in the way that you have, always providing for us in various ways. Even when we, we don't think it's possible, when, even when we hold you to a standard that is well beneath you, Father, we thank you for continuing to show up. We thank you for continuing to show up and showing us who you are. Help us to learn to continue to put all of our faith, all of our trust, all of our hope in you and not confine you into a box. Father, help us to see from the text this morning what you would have us to see. Learn what you would have us to learn. 
Hide me behind the cross so people might see more of you and less of me. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight. My Lord, my strength, my redeemer, whom I trust. It's in Jesus' name I pray this. Amen. So just as a reminder, here um, earlier in the, the, the chapter 6, uh, verses 7 through 12, uh, Jesus sends out the 12 apostles. And I, I want to put a fine point on this quickly because when we talked about this a few weeks ago, I, I really didn't go into this much depth. But I want us to see something very important taking place. I think we should note that Jesus calls out the 12 and, and tells them to go proclaim the kingdom of God is at hand. He's gone with them and he's, he's taught them and discipled them and showed them the ropes. And like now, you guys go out two by two and proclaim this message. Jesus gives them specific instructions so that um, others would know that they're not trusting on their own selves, but they are trusting wholly and completely in God and who he is. So they were to take no bread, no bag, no money. They couldn't even take an extra tunic to keep themselves warm at night. They weren't supposed to take any supplies or money or purchase supplies on the way, but they needed to be dependent on God and the hospitality of others for their housing and food. And, and I think there's two things that we miss uh, as Christ followers. Uh, uh, w we miss this and, and we tend to forget, but the call of the disciple of Christ is, is communicated uh, in the, at the end of the book of, of Mark and, and Matthew and so forth. At Mark 16 and 15, he, he gives us a specific command and he says, go into the world, proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. He tells us to go, and he demonstrates what this looks like in the text. He didn't say, well, let's just stay here and have them all come to us. Because remember, and we see here even in the text we're looking at today, people were coming in droves. They didn't have a, a they weren't trying to build up an audience. But even still, in the midst of that, Jesus says, go out and proclaim this message, this great commission that we have. Jesus has sent out the 12 just as he sends us out. Because we have a job to do. And we can't wait for people to, to come to us. We have to take the message to them. We are called to be missionaries, even here in Bolingbrook. We are called to go, therefore, and make disciples, not stay. We, 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 we tend to misconstrue this, and I think it's really important. And in this time that we have where we are, are sheltering in place and where we're worshiping in our own homes, I, I think to some extent this should be a reminder to us that we, we still worship a risen Savior, and he's told us to go. While you're outside uh, barbecuing, cutting the lawn, or, or planting flowers, whatever it is you're doing, and you see your neighbor, wow, what an opportunity you have that you may not ordinarily have to go to your neighbor and take this message that the kingdom of God is at hand. What an opportunity that we have. 
And here we see in the text this morning, the, the apostles, they, they come back and they're excited about the work that they did. They are ecstatic about what going on. Let me tell you about uh, people who now have come to believe and have come to faith. Look at the success that we've had. Jesus authorizes us and he empowers us so we can anticipate God's blessings in what we do. We just simply have to believe and go. Just go. That's one thing I think we tend to misconstrue, we tend to forget. The next thing is uh, we don't ordinarily tend to rely on God in, in the way that they did. Now, I'm not necessarily suggesting that we give up all our possessions or um, think about things that are minor or major in our lives. We, we seem to rely on everything and anything else before we put our hope in God. It could be our families. It could be our jobs. It can be our government. We seem to rely on everything else before we go to God and rely on him. The apostles went out and Jesus said, hey, don't take anything with you. I got you. You don't have to worry. You're going to get the, the hospitality of people. And matter of fact, if they're not hospitable, don't worry about it. Just dust the dust off your sandals and go to the next town. I got you. But uh, we don't tend these days because I think we're, we're so comfortable in, in what we have and what we can do that we just don't trust in God the way we ought to. And that brings us to our text this morning. In 6 and 31, after the apostles returned and told Jesus what they had done and taught, Jesus says, come away by yourselves to a desolate place and rest a while. Man, I needed this this week. I needed this text this week because uh, I don't rest too well. I tend to, to get things going and put a lot on my shoulders, and uh, I'm terrible at, at delegating. I'm terrible at asking for help. And here Jesus comes, and he, it's like he's speaking directly to me, and he says, go off to a desolate place and rest for a while. That's another thing that is easy, at least for me, I'm going to speak for myself, it's easy for me to uh, uh, forget about and misunderstand. There's so many things that need to get done, and I feel like I have to be doing it. I have to be spearheading it. And we all need this reminder. The reality is the greater the demands, the greater our need to find time alone with Jesus. The greater our demands, the greater our need is to find time away with Jesus. So here's a couple takeaways. There's always going to be time for work. And we, we look at work and sometimes we wear this as a badge of honor. I worked 70, 80 hours this week. That's, that's not necessarily a good thing. Were you productive? Were you efficient? Was it needed? Was it necessary? There's always going to be time for work. But we should have periods of rest because Jesus tells us to. Jesus calls us and tells us to rest. Being a workaholic is not a, uh, a spiritual 
the thing for us, but in, in, the, in, the, in the face of it, it, it can't be sinful because we're putting work ahead of everything else. Even ministry work can be an idol. And rest is can best the best when you combine it with solitude and companionship. Introverts like me have to especially remember this, that we need to be intentional about not only taking time away for ourselves and, and solitude with the Lord, but also recharging with our, our family and with our, with our friends and giving them the time that they, they need and deserve, this quality time. Rest is also for a specific amount of time. It's not permanent. This is not a call for you to be lazy. This is called for, for you to come take some time away with the Lord and, um, and then come back after you have been recharged with him. So we look at uh, verse 33. As these people have, have come and they have seen him go and they, now they saw him going and recognized him and they ran there on foot from all the towns and got there ahead of them. When he went ashore, he saw a great crowd and he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd and he began to teach them many things. Despite his need for rest, Jesus has compassion on the people that are surrounding in his areas because they are like sheep without a shepherd. We see in, in Numbers uh, chapter 27 and 17 where it says, Who shall go out before them and come in before them? Who shall lead them out and bring them in that the congregation of the Lord may not be a sheep that have no shepherd? While Moses was in the wilderness, he pleaded with Lord, with the Lord here in Deuteronomy to raise up a leader. God raised up Joshua in anticipation of the greater Joshua that is to come in the name of Jesus Christ. So here again, Mark explains that the people are once again lost and helpless without guidance and without protection. Look with me in verse 35. Are we okay with the... All right, everybody's kind of <laughs> worried look then going on. <laughs> verse 35 and 37. And when it grew late, his disciples came to him and said, This is a desolate place. The hour is now late. Send them away to go into the surrounding countryside and villages and buy themselves something to eat. But Jesus then answers them, give them something. You give them something to eat. Uh, Matthew 25, 31 through 46 instructs us to feed the hungry and give water to the thirsty, give rest to the stranger, clothe the naked, care for the sick, and visit the prisoner. This is what we are told to do in Scripture. And the disciples bring the needs of the community to Jesus and mention that they, well, there's so many people here and it's gotten so late in the day, we need to send them away so that they can go and buy themselves something to eat. And Jesus cracks me up when, when he, he, he hears this, this, this need from the disciples and he goes and response to them in verse 37 it says well you give them something to eat you do something about it why send them away 
the disciples have a bit of a snarky response. So you, you want us to go buy food for all these people that are around. Like, that's going to cost a lot of money. I, what, you, what you expect us to do and, and go buy food for all these people is going to be, uh, got to be at least 200 denarii, which is about eight, eight months worth of work. What, what are you expecting from us? Hey, Andrew, what do you got? I am broke as a joke. I ain't got nothing. Hey, hey P- uh, Peter, what do, you, what do you got? Man, I got just, just lint. I don't, how are we going to do this? What are we supposed to do? So in 38, I, I can almost see the, the, the look on Jesus' face as he responds. He gets this snarky kind of response from the disciples. And, 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 he, and before he said, how dull can you be? How many times have I, I, do I need to show you what, what's, what I'm capable of and what I can do? And so in 38, he responds, how many loaves do you have? Just tell me what you got. Go and see. Just go figure it out and come back and report to me. And when they found out, they said, five and, and two fish. Now, Jesus' response seems unreasonable. It, it even sounds a little insane. Jesus clearly intends for the disciples to follow through with what he says and to trust him for the outcome. He commands them all to sit down in verse 39, uh, sit down in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in groups by hundreds and by fifties. He wants the disciples, he wants the people to trust him in any outcome that is happening. And all they have was this, this, this lunch that a mother prepared for his, her son. She got put, put it in a little lunch box for her kid. And that's all the food that they had. Brothers and sisters, God, God loves to demonstrate his power and sufficiency in our lives. He often allows problems to in, invade our lives that are far beyond our own resources and our own abilities to handle. Why? Why does he do this? Because he wants us to look to him. Why does, all, why does God al- allow all these problems and ailments of today to come? Because he wants us to first and foremost look to him for the outcome. In his commentary, Warren Wiersbe said, Jesus looked at the situation not as a problem, but as an opportunity to trust the Father and glorify in his name. Wow. Now, that's perspective. He, again, Warren Wiersbe says, Jesus looked at the situation not as a problem, but as an opportunity to trust the Father and glorify his name. What if we looked at things in our lives like this? Instead of worrying about how big the problem is that we celebrate because of how big our God is. What if we looked at issues and, and we saw it as an opportunity for, for God to work out everything it is in our lives, in this world, for him to get the glory? What if? What if we trusted God that much? 
then we get excited when we come across roadblocks because we know God is in control. How different would that look for us in our lives? Verse 41. Taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked to heaven and said a blessing and broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples and said before the people. And he divided the two fish all among them and they all ate. They were satisfied. Jesus here, Jesus depends on his heavenly father in this miracle of multiplying the food. Just as God provided manna in the desert, Jesus provides food in this deserted place very similarly. When we read this text, we can, be, we can tend to be fixated on the, the actual miracle itself. However, the focus should be on the one who does the miracle. Jesus is not merely a prophet. He acts as God acts. He does what God does. Deuteronomy 8 and 3 says, He humbled you to let you hunger and fed you with manna which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that he might make you know that man does not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. And we see this displayed here in our text this morning. Before he feeds them physically, he feeds them spiritually by having compassion on them and and teaching them. And then hearing how how late in the day it is and how hungry they must be, he goes and feeds their physical bodies as well. Jesus is doing both. Because he cares that much. He cares for us physically. He cares for us uh, spiritually. Some people see the Bible as a book of rules. But the reality is the Bible is, is a story. There are a lot of stories like um, this that we read here today about feeding uh, the, the, the magnitude of people that are there and how Jesus handles it. But uh, the Bible are a lot of stories that are put together that makes a lot larger, more holistic story. This story is how God loves his children and about how Jesus came to rescue them. This morning we see Jesus shows his love for people through his compassion through feeding the 5,000. Jesus also showed his love when he came to rescue his people by giving up his life on the cross. Jesus is the subject of the story of the Bible. Jesus is the hero. Jesus is the rescuer. Jesus is our shepherd. Jesus is our savior. And Jesus is our God. Charles Spurgeon in one of his sermons said, Come then, weary, hungry sinner. You have nothing to do but to take Christ." Open your mouth and receive the food. Faith to receive what Christ provides is all that is needed. I think it's well said. 
I extend this to you as well. I extend to you this same offer that was spoken by Spurgeon so many years ago. Come now and receive what Christ provides. He sacrificed his life for you on the cross. He paid the price. He paid the penalty on your behalf. Jesus being fully God, he shed all that to become a man. He humbled himself. Because we couldn't keep the law on our own, Jesus came and did it for us. He lived a life that was free from sin. But yet we, we still try to find ways to make it work on our own. It's like standing out uh, uh, on the wing of an airplane and, and instead of trusting the parachute, we want to flap our arms to try to save ourselves. It won't work. You'll fall to your death. Trust the parachute. Jesus came and gave up his life so that you can have life not just any life. He, he says, so you can have life and have it more abundantly. Have it to the full. He conquered death by giving up his life at Calvary. Rose on the third day. Having uh, 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 defeated the enemy. And now he could have stopped there, but now he, even right now, as I speak, he sits at the right hand of the Father praying on our behalf. I'm asking you today to trust in him. I'm asking you today to bow down before the Lord as your Savior. We, we think about bowing down as giving up something, but the reality is we have gained so much because of the finished work of Jesus on the cross. If you have questions about this, I urge you to um, shoot me an email at uh, pastor at firstbaptistbowlingbrook.com. I would love to talk to you more about this and what it looks like for you in your life. Or maybe you have professed your uh, faith in Christ and uh, it just you've gone in a different direction and God is calling you back. We'd love to walk with you there, and we urge you to, to join us in the work that, that God has for us here at First Baptist Bolingbrook. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, in Isaiah, you said, he will tend his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs in his arms. He will carry them in his bosom and gently lead them. Father, we call on you and we look to you for this exact provision, Father. We have tried it our own way. We've tried the advice of friends and family. We've tried the self-help gurus. We've tried all these things. But Father, thank you for the reminder that we need to bring everything that we have to you because you are the only one who can do anything about the state that we're in. 
Help us to look to you for all our wants and all of our needs. And, and let, let us remember how great a God, how awesome you are. And that we are not confined, that you are not confined to our, our three-pound brain and our little head that you are much greater than anything that we can hope or imagine. Father, use us today. Help us to see how great you are. Help us to, to see what it is that, that you would have for us to do. Give us the strength and the courage to go out and share this good news to those who need to hear it. Father, use us, these your people. Father, here even in First Baptist Bolingbrook, whether we are uh, amongst each other in fellowship within the same building or we are worshiping together virtually, we trust in your power. We trust in your name. We thank you for all these things in Jesus' name.